Hi everyone, welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. It is January 16th, 2018. Happy New Year, Michael, happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you and to everyone out there. It's been a month since we got together the last time and so much has happened, I don't even know where to begin. It's really hard to find a single subject to talk about. There's so many aspects of Japanese politics that have been shifting in the period that, since the last time we spoke, in particular because of that election that they had last year in October. That has reset all kinds of pieces in ways that were really not predictable, even as we were speaking in December. Right, and you can't talk about politics without also talking about how society is moving as well. We were talking earlier about wearing kimono and welcoming everybody on uh, on New Year's, and did you order your kimono? Did it come? Well, we were going to do it in terms of having the coming of age day, which is Seiji no Hi, uh, the national holiday. National holiday, uh, but things got kind of messed up. So we're, here we are, a week later, right. and we have more to talk about. There's a lot going on, and there's something going on in the sumo world. We're not real. I mean, we're aficionados of, of sumo. We watch it just like everybody else does, but there's been something of a tectonic shift going on there. It's, it's really, really weird what is going on in the sumo world. The, 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 uh, the current tournament just began on just a, a, two days ago. Hatsubasha, the Emperor's Cup. Yeah, the, 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 that. And we're minus one of the Yokozuna. Arima Fuji resigned in disgrace after beating up a fellow Mongolian wrestler, mm -hmm. uh, one who was not from his particular. Uh, stable, his beya, uh, in fact, who was a member of the this, this stable of the overall Rijicho, the director of the Sumo Federation, mm -hmm. Takanohana, the former wrestler Takanohana. He is now in hot water. The, the referees are in hot water. The other Yokozuna have had their, their, have had the Mongolian Yokozuna have had their pay docked. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a big mess, and they're trying to put it in a new face, a clean face forward for January 2018. We'll see how it goes. Let's just talk about it, encapsulate it a little bit for our viewers. There was, an, there is an association of Mongol wrestlers. They all get together every once in a while. They have their, their drinking sessions or their, their groups. And at, apparently at one of these, maybe eight or nine of them were gathered together having a session and they're turned into a little bit of there a, was a fight. There was a fight, internal fight between them, and one of the grand champions uh, really wailed on a lower-ranked wrestler. It's whatever object was used, some objects were used to beat this person. Right, and, and the, the other wrestlers were kind of sitting there watching and nursing well, their they, they, they eventually pulled the, the two of them out, got, and there had to be a, a hospital visit. Everything was hushed up, right. and part of the hush-up, part of the cover-up, involved the Rijicho uh, Takonohana, who has been running away from the press ever since. Okay. Uh, and so he's, mo he's on the outs, seemingly. Uh, well, he was, he was actually... He was brought in as a reformer right. from the previous administration, but that has all gone by the wayside. And th there's really no center to the organization right now. It mm -hmm. has uh, uh, various boards that control it, and... Everybody's watching from the outside, looking at this black box, trying to figure out how they're going to, to fix the problems that exist, but it's really uncertain right now with very little leadership in the organization. Right. Let's parse it out just a tiny bit. So Takanohana is, uh, was a Yokozuna, a very yes, famous a Yokozuna. Very, very famous one. And he has his own stable. Yes, right. And within his stable, I think there's only one foreign wrestler allowed per stable. And within his stable was one of the Mongolians who was involved in the, in the altercation, fracas. right? That's right. And so 
he the, the, that the 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 police investigation was interfered with, that the hospital's activities were covered up. All of this looks terribly bad because thought, violence in the sport is intrinsic in the sport right. inside the ring, mm -hmm. but it's not supposed to be there outside of the ring. Inside the, the practices are physically often very punishing uh, and there have been injuries and in fact deaths in, in the sumo world. In the case of death, there was a young man who was beaten to death by his stablemates with a baseball bat, which is which, in some weird act of uh, training, of tra not right. tra uh, of retribution for some kind of infraction that that, that mm -hmm. he had done. So the, the sumo has been constantly trying to clean up its act, and that's the the, inter the what makes it interesting and difficult is that it is seen as the traditional sport Well, it, it is a national sport. It receives tax payments it's, for, it's, for it's running a, the organization. It's a national sport. It's overseen by the, by the next ministry, the ministry, which is, Ministry of Education is also in charge of sports. Right. Uh, it's supposed to be an exemplar of Japanese virtues. Mm -hmm. uh, the Yokozuna in particular is supposed to possess sort of this twinkly effect called hinkaku mm -hmm. of true, true excellence. Uh, but they get involved in the have been getting involved in all kinds of scrapes and particularly the Mongolian wrestlers who have come into the sport and dominated it for the last 15 years right. absolutely taking over the top ranks of the sport there's only one Japanese Yokozuna at this time and he has been largely a disappointment after suffering a major injury uh, he in his uh, first tournament after becoming a Yokozuna uh, he won that tournament, but nevertheless, he's been out ever since. Mm -hmm. And on Sunday, he lost his initial bout. Uh, it looks like he's he's never going to get back into into shape. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. Mm -hmm. uh, therefore, the J Japanese national sport has been owned by these non-Japanese. Uh, many of them take Japanese citizenship and become ja and and, be and culturally become Japanese, but the. They often have very close ties back mm -hmm. to, to Mongolia. The, the other aspect, of course, is that it's, it's, it's so traditional. It, it does go back centuries, even more so than the other approved uh, traditional arts. There are a set of traditional arts that are taught, actually taught, in the middle schools as a part of the curriculum. And this change in the curriculum came during the first Abe administration. So the, the Abe and his people also have a vested interest in what is going on regarding this mm -hmm. uh, traditional sport. They have an interest that sumo retains some sense of being a, uh, Japanese. a, a, a right. Japanese and noble endeavor. Right. It's not been very Japanese and it's not been very noble. It is also, in addition, it has always had a problem in terms of the... Uh, what's called the Yaocho effect, the, the, that there is an incentive when toward the end of a tournament to throw matches and, to, and for there to be cash exchanges. If you let our wrestler win, we will pay you some money. That has always been another dark side to the sport. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the statistical win-loss win records, it still looks as though as that's going on. So there's the contradiction, right? Tradition. Purity, you have to throw salt to right. purify the ring. 
women all, aren't allowed on the women dovio. aren't allowed because women menstruate yes. they, they bring the, they bring they will soil the place and at the same time it's a bunch of guys right. barely clothed guys slapping each other around and who engage who drink a lot and get into trouble mm -hmm. a lot so there's the there's the there's the rub yes not to conflagrate the issues but also one of the referees was caught in a little bit of a, a an issue oh yeah there's there's also the issue of of yeah of sexual abuse of a minor uh which you would think the referees can stay out of the, the fray as well but that's not the case in, in in the case of the sport so the sport is is laboring it's 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 really suffering from a lot of dark uh, points and you know the irony here though Michael to interrupt you I yeah. apologize no please don't uh, Takunohana was brought in as a reformer and it seems that the forces of reform and the the forces of of tradition are, are clashing and we're seeing this clash uh, played out now in in real life when you see the a lot of these when you things. see the board of directors of the Sumo Federation you say where did they get these ancient fossils mm -hmm. they are incredibly old people well, they're supposed to be preserving some kind of tradition, but it seems as though they are just not capable of being proactive about the kinds of issues that will be affecting uh -huh. the sport. And as a consequence, th this emblem of Japan is constantly getting sullied. Mm -hmm. As a consequence of him, uh, Takunohana, calling the police instead of having the uh, Sumo Kyokai handle this issue with the fight of the Mongolian wrestlers, he has lost his seat as a, a board member. There's, his rise and fall and rise and fall are stuff of tabloids, and indeed the tabloids have been following him sure. ever since he was the boyfriend of Miyazawa Rie way back when. Remember that well. Uh, that was a long, long time ago, but that was, that was, that, he's always been in the limelight. His, his father was an ozeki, and his his brother was also a fabulous wrestler, Wakanohana. Uh, he he is he is part of the problem. Uh, he and he, that he was brought in as a reformer is got some. There were a lot of heads that were tilted mm -hmm. to the side. This is the reform party, uh, but that was the way it was done, uh, and that was the way it was framed. Now it looks as though there is no narrative for them mm -hmm. to follow. Well. Apologies for our, our listeners who are, or our viewers who are hoping for the political slant on this. It's just an interesting aspect of what's going on in Japanese society that does have, you know, some sort of a political implication as well. It's really the political in that it is a part of the education sports complex mm -hmm. and the idea of of Japanese national identity. They, right. they certainly try to portray it as a Japanese national sport. But unfortunately for that narrative of national essence and national purity and national identity, this is a sport dominated by people from other countries. Thank you, Michael. Hopefully this has been informative and insightful to you. Things going on in the political world also reflect in the sumo world as well. Please stay tuned. This one's not finished. Hi everyone, welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. Today is January 16th, 2018. Tuesday marked the fifth year of Prime Minister Abe's accession to the Prime Ministership. He's almost the longest serving Prime Minister in Japanese post-war history. Well, he's getting there. He's still in third place, but with the chance that he's going to be re-elected as president of the LDP in September, he seems to have a good shot at sur surpassing uh, the two people who are ahead of him, which are Yoshida Shigeru and Sato Esaku, his own 
great uncle, right? Who has who holds the post-war record? A little, pretty much of a gap between now and then, though. There's still a bit of a gap, but nevertheless, it doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of uh, of resistance to him having a third term. There are, however, going to be individuals who are in the, going to be in the running for this time. Mm-hmm. People are really sensing that this last this third term is a last term, and therefore they have to put their markers out out on the table saying, I'm, a, I'm prime ministerial material. So he won't go unchallenged as he has in the past. You think he won't go unchallenged between now and September when that, that election comes up? I think that there are a, there's a small number of LDP wannabes who are going to be working on getting the number of, of diet members, that is 20, to sign on to supporting them in an LDP election for the president of the party. It's a they're, dangerous, they're, dangerous they're, gambit. It's a hard one because who wants to be against the PM? Who wants to have his or her faction seen as the enemy faction, right. which is a possibility for faction leaders like Kishida. Uh, right. uh, Kishida Fumio has his own fa- faction and why would he want to endanger his people from getting jobs the next time there's a cabinet reshuffle? Uh, if he comes out as the enemy, he'll end up like the permanent enemy of Mr. Abe's fashion. That's right. That the the, the Heisei Kenkyukai, there they never get anything uh, in terms of major cabinet positions, and they just sit out. They're just on the outside all the time. They're the traditional enemies of the Sewakai, which is Mr. Abe's uh, faction. Though he's not a member of it right now, he's on hiatus from it. Nobody wants to be the the second Heisei Kenkyukai. Sure. So there's a there's a bit of, of tension to mm-hmm. be sure. Nevertheless, one person who's not faction bound, Noda Seiko, who is also in the cabinet, which is very unusual, uh, has already said in in a, a public forum so far this year, just just a few days ago, yes, I'm going to challenge him. Yes, I'm going to go for the presidency. Uh, so the. We will see how the others, we're looking at a short list. We right. see, okay, Kishida, whether he can get Asotaro, the finance ministry, on his side or not, is the big question to create a, a, a grand coalition of a faction, a super faction that would be actually larger than the Sewa Kai. What happened done. to that conversation, by the way? I don't know where it's gone. Basically, Aso's happy where he is at, at finance and he has enlarged his own faction. They we, both did the calculus. They both did the calculus and they're trying to figure out, right. okay, well, maybe not this maybe time. Maybe not this time. Uh, then we have Ishiba Shigeru, definitely, who was defeated in 2012. And has been a, very quiet recently. He's been very quiet, but but especially, well, he lost his mo- his uh, most vocal supporter, which was Koike Yuriko, mm-hmm. who, did, who, who was knocked down by Abe's maneuvering in the election. Uh, or the the move toward the election in October. She's a, a much diminished force here in Tokyo, and certainly she was uh, basically uh, his wing his wing mm-hmm. wing person, I guess. Uh, so that's he's kind of quiet in that regard. So that's those three, and then there's always the dark horse in his own and always in his own view, Konotaro. Right. All of them have approximately the same number of elections to the diet, so they're all in that class of people who have some seasoning. Right, have uh, held ministerial portfolio. And they, right. they've had about 
you know, eight or more elections to the Diet, which is generally, you're, you're in good company at that point. Mm -hmm. Abe has actually been able to rise into the prime ministership uh, with fewer than that. Uh, he, in fact, many say that his first term in office, he was too wet behind the ears. He was too fresh, had too few uh, elections. He should never have been considered. Mm -hmm. That was the politics of then. This is the politics of now. Now, uh, they're also, some of them are in the cabinet. Konotaro is in the cabinet. Uh, Noraseko is in the cabinet. Uh, Kishida was moved out of the cabinet and is now positioned, even though as a Sanyaku position in the party, to challenge Abe in, in a formal way that does not break down the consensus in the mm -hmm. cabinet. Well, the prime minister doesn't want to entice that. He doesn't want to invite it. And in fact, the incumbency, I mean, the power of the incumbency is so, it has become so, so powerful over the last, what, 15 years that I think it would be a really hard challenge to, to go against a sitting prime minister. And probably that tells us that the current prime minister will hedge his bets, he'll play it safe, he won't really do anything that's going to shake up the, uh, the, the electorate. That, that, that there's, you can see it both ways. In terms of people wanting to challenge, they have to get their names. They, you, you simply can't keep on deferring, deferring, deferring. And that's something mm -hmm. that's gonna, may haunt Ishiba. If he thinks that he can sit this one out because no one's gonna defeat Abe, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll take over uh, later. First of all, he, he's, got, he, he's getting up there in years too. Right. Uh, but the, there are going to be others who are having gone through the process again, and indeed, in the case of Noda and, and Konotaro, Konotaro has actually run for the presidency and Noda was the only person who challenged Abe in any way in the last election mm -hmm. cycle. They're, they, they're going to put themselves forward and if Ishiba you know, bails again, he'll have a reputation right. of being a guy who doesn't have the stuff. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're, it, it's not gonna be a cakewalk like last time. There's going to be acrimony, there's going to be some kind of internal discussions and, and, and there, are, there are factions that are dissatisfied mm -hmm. that really say you can't, you know, you, you can't really keep the premiership in one faction right. decade after decade after decade. This, is, this, is, this has to change. It has to, we have to go back to the old style LDP where we trade off, where we share. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's the argument. Whether that, was, whether that was ever really true about the old-style LDP is another matter right. entirely. On the other side of the fence, Michael, we have two voices that have been really making a lot of noise recently, former Prime Minister Koizumi and Ichiro Ozawa. Yeah, in terms of Koizumi, he's done something that, well, it, it's quite natural for him, but he's finally said Abe's, at least, energy plans are in, insane and an embarrassment. And interestingly... Yes, he's got support there. He's got support there <laughs> from within the cabinet in terms of Konotaro, who you know, just this weekend, in, while taking a tour uh, of Europe, said, mm -hmm. you know, it's true. We don't, we don't emphasize renewables enough. Uh, we, we, we're, our, our commitment to them is, as a government is embarrassing. Yes. Wow, something that you would not expect out of, again, the cabinet. The cabinet... But I mean, you might expect out of yeah, Konotaro. We, we need to remind right. our viewers, the cabinet is absolutely consensual. All decisions of the cabinet are unanimous. And if you disagree on a, mm -hmm. something that the cabinet votes on, you're out. You're out. You know, it's, it, it's not like you know, 13 to 1 or 14 to 2 or whatever. Then, no, you're 
out. Which is why the cabinet approval ratings are so carefully watched by the Japanese population and by us here on this po program. And it also how it can be that the prime minister personally can be less popular than the cabinet mm -hmm. as a whole. The cabinet is, is, is constitutionally and also visually uh, can be seen as a greater entity than the, the prime minister himself. And in fact, in Japanese history, it has been because a lot of the, the prime ministers were colorless nobodies. Right. Uh, that's not the case with Mr. Abe. He's not colorless and he's not a nobody. Mm -hmm. But, and he does dominate the, the, the political sphere. Nevertheless, the cabinet is a, is a, a corporate animal. Right, how about Ozawa? Ozawa, well maybe I'm gonna let you handle that one. Well no, he came out right at the, end, the beginning of the new year and saying, you know, the prime minister is terrible. He should not be prime minister. We should form this grand coalition of the opposition, and we should challenge him. Yeah, he's always into the grand coalition of he the is. opposition. He I is. I don't a know king why, especially since he has how many people in his party now? <laughs> I would be into grand coalitions as well. Uh, I'd like to have you know a couple of friends over as well. Mm. When you get down to the numbers he has in the Liberal Party, to give Ozawa his due, he is the architect of much of the, the political world that now exists. He had. He was the one who made the reforms in the LDP, made the reforms happen in terms of the electoral system that we now have. So, and also he was the one who came up with the idea yeah. of, of a normal nation. He got to, a little bit ahead of the Calvary. He went way ahead of the Calvary <laughs> and, and when it didn't, wasn't going to go with him, right. he opted out of the party and led to the first breakup and the loss of power by the LDP. So all, you know, any biography of him has to acknowledge that he has been the most important political actor mm -hmm. of the last uh, 40, 50 years. Uh, nevertheless- He wants another shot. He, want, he, he, he yep. can't understand that he's not that guy anymore. Right. Uh, that the, the world has passed him on. He, I follow his Twitter feed. I, I, I love the things that he says. They're very cogent. And at the same time, he's one of the most hated individuals uh, in Japanese politics mm -hmm. and the one that is demonized immediately whenever he sticks his head up. Okay, so we're talking about the prime minister now, we're talking about his election, the LDP election, coming up in September. That's, and that's going to have to, to deal with what happens in the, in the year. This is the fifth that's year. Right. And a lot of people are saying, okay, you've been in power five years. What have you got to show for it? And he gives out, some, he, they toss out some statistics. The, the government says, you know, there are 1.56 jobs for every job seeker. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. It's the highest rate ever. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the stock market, have you seen how high it is? It's highest it's been for so, so, and they have all these wonderful stories. But for, the, for Abe's core believers, the, the, the core followers, right. the story that they have wanted the, the reassertion of Japanese pride, of patriotism, of changing the constitution, allowing for Japan to have its own, uh, uh, have a military, yeah. and abolishing Article 9, that agenda has gone nowhere. Mm -hmm. And even amending the constitution in a mild way also has gone nowhere during these five years. That chicken is coming home to roost and you heard it in his New Year's message that I'm now committed. For some reason, it has something to do with the 150th anniversary of the Meiji Restoration. Which was a big deal. Which was, is, 150 is it, years ago, that was a big deal. It is, it is the biggest deal ever. <clears throat> uh, and Mr. Abe is a man of Choshu. He's from the, uh, he's from the area of Japan, which provide, mm -hmm. has provided the most prime ministers and provided 
created along with, with uh, Satsuma, which is now Kagoshima Prefecture, set up the revolution that overthrew the Tokugawa and set Japan on its modernizing course. And here in the 150th anniversary, I suddenly have, I'm energized. After five years, I suddenly have woken up. Right. I'm going to make all these things happen. Well, it, it's a, a bit of a, a, a dicey proposition. because It's as, incredibly dicey. Well, as we said, I mean, he's between now and September, he's got to shore up his support. He's got to do things without making much of a mistake. Okay, first he has population. to do, take, he, okay, the, the diet session starts January 22nd. They have to finish the budget on time, uh, which, will, which means the end of February. Because the month of March is for that famous constitutional, if the House of Counselors acts or does not act, the, the budget that's passed by the House of Reps becomes the budget right. for the nation. So they, they, they got it, that, those first two months are gone. All right, then we have uh, April 1st, we can start talking about other things. Okay, and after, after April 1st, you only have two more months of the, of the diet. Mm -hmm. And then the diet goes into recess and there's no need to have another diet unless there's an extraordinary diet called. Right. Then, okay, that takes us into September, where's the election. And mm -hmm. again, you're right. He's probably going to say, keep it calm, keep it cool. Right. Okay. And then let's say he's reelected. Then they have to get into start into the process for the abdication of, of, the, of the emperor, which is going to take place in May the next year. Right. Uh, and they're going to want things calm and cool then. So when is he going to do his constitutional revision? Yeah. It's just there's the, the windows are closing on him. Nevertheless, he's he, all his declarations. He's coming coming out all the time. He's he's appearing on the right wing news channels like TV Sakura, uh, making all kinds of you know bold, chesty remarks. It's really an interesting process. I don't know if it's if he's just high on Meiji or just. He, th he thinks he has to deliver. I don't know. I think probably what's going on in North Korea is also emboldened him. He, he, must, he must do something. And I think his action to date has been kind of weak and timid. He's wait, waiting and relying on the United States. And I think he's kind of up to here with that. He knows that he needs to have more punch. He needs to be able to say things forcefully. And he needs to have a, a, a Japan that he can defend. And then you're going to see that in the budget right. that, that's coming out, particularly in terms of defense spending including what is really blowing out a lot of people's circuits, the acquisition of what are, you can argue it, whether they're long or medium range uh, cruise missiles, but nevertheless, a fire from across the, over the horizon weapon to attack a surface target, right. which Japan has stayed away from mm -hmm. out of its defense only basic strategy of, of, of security. That's, that is officially the position of Japan, that it's- Defensive only. That military is not a military for its self-defense forces, and defense is the mean. It's mm -hmm. a defense only. We will not have offensive weapons. But when you have an F-35, which is a stealth platform, it can go underneath the radars of other countries. Mm -hmm. And you now have a long-range cruise missile that is fired from it. You have offensive capabilities. And there's going to be a huge fight in the diet over this planned discussion of this po uh, possible acquisition of these cruise missiles from the United States. That discussion is going to come up, not for this diet session, 
or not for this budget session, but for the next but, budget but yeah, session, but, right? But nevertheless, the, the, the opposition can bring it up at any time in, in diet budget deliberations, and we're going to be seeing it. Right. What are you actually deviating from Japan's stated international position of the last 70 years? Mm -hmm. Are you so certain that the United States cannot be relied upon to defend Japan and to be this, the old metaphor is Japan is the shield, U.S. is the spear, right? And the, the U.S. has the offensive capabilities. Japan is has the defensive capabilities. Are you really going to get the point of the spear in your own right. hand? And that's going to there, there, that's going to be a, t a very very virulent argument. I, I'm sorry, we're going a little bit long in this session, but isn't it interesting that the uh, missile tests have have there's been a bit of a hiatus there. And that's given a, a long breathing room, not only to the United States, but also to the prime minister. All you need though, is a little bit of a trigger to, to kind of crank this thing up again. And then the prime minister can say, see, this is, this is why I'm doing it. I need to protect the nation. We need to have a strong defense. Yeah, there's, there was some brouhaha over the weekend when uh, Onodero, the, the defense minister, went and visited the Aegis Ashore uh, radars uh, in, in Hawaii, whether he indeed uh, misspoke about what the purposes of these new capabilities that Japan is studying to buy. Mm -hmm. uh, ostensibly, the official line everywhere is that this is to defend against missiles from the DPRK right. and nothing else. But there's some sense that in the reporting that there was some kind of hinting or mention about defending against Chinese missiles or Russian missiles. And with that being thrown in the mix, that's going that again is going to how, lead to pressure on Japan to not acquire mm -hmm. what are what most Japanese actually think are, are actually very, very important uh, defense measures. Okay. Well, listen, Michael, not to put you on the spot, because I almost never put you on the spot. Almost never. What are your views on what's happening to Japan, within Japan, within Japanese politics, within the next three or four months? The, the real issue is whether, for, I think for me, is whether Japan will be able to get the, the shrunken TPP together and get all those countries on board. That would give Abe some kind of platform to go to, it looks like Canada's opting out, go to the Canadian Prime Minister and say, come on, we've already arranged everything, come back in, and then swivel around and go to Donald Trump, right. who is in, in his own kettle of fish right now. But nevertheless, get the United States back on board because a, even if constitutional revision even if all kinds of other machinations don't come through, getting the United States bought into the East Asian region was always Japan's major goal in right. TPP. It's a security-related trade pact. That's something that I think that they'll actually be able to make some real progress with, and it'll actually have a great deal of public support. Uh, nevertheless, in terms of politics within the diet, it's going to be all about the budget, and there, and that's going to be stymied by these questions about the defense-only uh, position of Japan or re-emergence of stories having to do with either Kakue Gakuen or Moritomo Gakuen, these friends of Abe who get these really neat deals. We had a, over the break this scandal involving this uh, supercomputer company, which basically hadn't put on a show of new technologies, but actually did, wasn't able to produce anything. Yes. And they took large amounts of government money. To come. And, yes. and, 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 and were, they 
you know, this, this, there are all kinds of really weird companies mm -hmm. that the government has been investing in as a part of its growth strategy. These things are going to emerge. This, this company that wants to put advertising on the moon, for example, your logo here, uh, sending up a, a moon probe. Many of these things are now mostly government funded. Mm -hmm. And this Friends of Abe effect is probably going to become, I think, a major issue in the next few months. The Prime Minister enjoying his sixth year as Prime Minister. Please stay tuned. Hi everyone, welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. It is January 16th, 2018. The Emperor of Japan, Emperor Akihito, turned 84 years old just before the year ended. December 23rd, Michael, it was a national holiday. Yeah, and we all had a big celebration because we don't have many more of, of him being emperor anymore. The largest number of people assembled at the Imperial Palace ever. to wish him. Yeah, ever, ever. Right. Yeah, it was just, well, in, at least in the post-war era, that the, the, he is a beloved monarch. And people are actually celebrating the chance that he will get to retire. That's right. In a quirk of history, he is going to abdicate his throne. He's going to pass it on to his uh, his eldest son. Which is not legal and, and will not be legal after he does it. There's just going to be this one-off law that the Diet has passed, which allows him to retire. Now, there's a, the procedure already in the Imperial House Law for an emperor who is no longer capable of doing his duties, which is the appointment of a regent. But It's not the, the same thing as abdication. It's not the same thing at all as abdication. Abdication is you give up the entirety of everything is attached to being the emperor and you just go into retirement. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas a regency, the emperor is still the emperor and someone is acting on his behalf and is merely doing the, the duties. Here, he, he, there's, there's, a, a certain, a, there's a certain dark side to the, to the regency. In particular, his own grandfather, the Taisho Emperor, his reign ended with him being in seclusion and the, the, the current emperor's father, Hirohito taking over as a regent for quite some time. So he, he didn't want that. Right. He said, I want to go out the way that emperors used to, which is to be able to pass on the entirety, not just the, the duties, but the entire sacral aspect of, the, of the, being emperor to the next uh, generation, who is, and it's his eldest son. And he did this in a way, I mean, he spoke to the public on national television. It was his idea, it was his initiation where he launched this idea, stating that I, I, before I get too old, I want to enjoy a little bit more of my life without being the emperor. He was very, he, he was very careful not to get involved in political or uh, discussions, which is part of his constitutional role is to stay out of them. So he didn't say, please pass a law to let me get out of this. He said, I'm tired and I, I'm afraid I might not be able to fulfill the duties mm -hmm. of, a, a, of a constitutional monarch. And I would really would not want to, that to happen and left it at that. Right. And in his message- Through innuendo. Yeah, and the message at the beginning of the year, he thanked the people for, do, for carrying out their roles, mm -hmm. uh, which was to push, and they really did push the government. Public opinion pushed the government, forced it to take on what it really didn't want to do, which was to in any way affect the imperial house law. Right. That was something that Mr. Abe and fellow conservatives were dead set against, and they actually tried very hard to argue that the regency was the only way out. Right. We're not gonna to touch the imperial house law, and the emperor and the people 
they prevailed. Michael, the Imperial Household Agency has earmarked about 30 million US dollars, translated into yen, for this whole transition, the, the uh, abdication and the movement of the emperor into... Yeah, and the emperor needs a new place to live. Right. And that you have to refurbish a set of residences. The imperial house has a few leftover places here and there which, are, which belong to it. It once had vast territories, and in fact, it was the revenue from farming activities and other activities uh, on all these imperial lands, which generated the money that was necessary to support the imperial house, which was a much larger institution with many, many more members. Mm -hmm. uh, now it's largely a, a, a tax-financed uh, organization, and the lands have largely become public parks and such. But there are still a few places, and the retired emperor will need to go somewhere, and that th those charges are covered under this. You know, frequently in, in some countries, they have a, a calendar named after the emperor or after their god. I mean, the Judeo-Christian uh, calendar well, is well, in this case, based on the birth of Christ. The, the emperor's uh, ascension to the throne starts a new calendar. And at the um, abdication of the emperor, we'll start yet a new calendar. That's right. Halfway through 2019, uh, there will be a new era name. Uh, conservative governments, LDP governments, have increase the use of these dates versus the uh, Gregorian calendar dates, which were quite dominant for quite a long time. And everyone knows what their uh, birth date is, both in the, the Japanese traditional form and in, in the Gregorian form. But whenever there's a changeover, it's a huge disruption. And this is a big deal, isn't yeah, because, it? A new because, calendar. Because of so many of institutional things. Mm -hmm. And you know, just the lines in the computer code that, that code for the the uh, what year it is because in the middle of next year we we'll, we, in 2019 we will have a switch over from the Heisei dates to whatever it is and mm -hmm. that that's going to be a fun uh, contest what's going to be the, the uh, new era name and it, it's really up to the, the very small number of officials mm -hmm. elected officials and uh, bureaucrats that are going to come up with some kind of name so michael the thing that's curious to me is if they can pick any date it's that far away they could have picked any date why april 30th it seems somewhat out of out of sequence yeah you would think that it would be you know the, the at least the january 1st or or maybe, maybe if you have to give me more time you know april 1st april which, is, 1st. which is a fiscal new year the corporations will get behind it. Schools will will start a new year. They'll be in sync. They'll be in sync. Everything will be nice. Uh, the only explanation that seems to make a lot of sense is that uh, there is this sequence of holidays in Golden Week, starting at the end of April, going all the way to April the 5th. But there's that middle period of time where, okay, the 3rd and the 4th and the 5th are holidays. The 29th of April is a holiday. But then there's people would have to go on holiday, come back, right, and then go on holiday again. Why not put something in the middle? But Lord, not take a paid holiday. Yeah, you wouldn't put, do that. But put put it, put, it, put something in the middle. Okay, that's that seems to be the way that it's 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 working out. And one of the things that the Abe administration has no problem is in any way highlighting the the importance and the significance of the imperial house having a, a special. May 1st, especially since that pushes down the other ver message of May 1st, which is the revolutionary socialist May 1st, 
Uh, having a May 1st, that's a celebration of the, the new imperial reign. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be against it. Okay, well, in any event, the prime minister is looking forward to this because maybe this is the, 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 the date we can look forward to there, where there will be a shift, where, where enlightened spirits will, will visit Earth. Well, it's, it's something that I don't know if he really wants to see it, but nevertheless, he's, he sees that it's, it's inevitable and he's going to put it in, and he and his, I mean, I say he, he and his uh, PR advisors are going to frame it as a part of a national rejuvenation mm-hmm. story or some kind of national celebration of national tradition story. They're going to have something to work with as, as material in order to you know, gin up the, the, uh, the propaganda machine to go into the year of the Olympics right. with, with this, you know, basically a national program, a new start, a new beginning, which is what he's been selling since yep. 2012. Uh, it's a bit of speculative uh, questioning, I, I know, but what do you think the Crown Prince Naruhito, what kind of reign he will have? It, it will be an active emperorship? What do you think? Well, this certainly will be active in, in the parts of the imperial story that are not outlined uh, in the Constitution. There are a certain number of duties that are there that a, a, an emperor must perform as the symbolic head of state. Uh, but it's the other aspects, and these are the things that are actually most important to the imperial house. Visiting, as the emperor mentioned in his, uh, in his New Year's message, visiting disaster zones. Uh, how, looking over and, 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 and viewing uh, recovery efforts, mm-hmm. uh, con- consoling and con- comforting people, speaking with them about uh, their, their uh, lives. Or also in the emperor's message, he talked about his, visits to, his visit to Vietnam and meeting the descendants of Japanese soldiers mm-hmm. who had established families there. Uh, and he spent act, a lot of time in, in and, former and, warriors. Yeah, and, and who, had, who actually fought in the Vietnam liberation struggle right. against the French. Uh, this, all these, he's there. Those are, that's not described in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. That's extraneous. And those are the things that are, are important to buffing the image of the imperial house amongst the people. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we can look forward to a lot of that. The question, of course, is whether, whether the empress will be beside him. Right. And that's the question that Japanese conservatives uh, hum and heff and haw about. Right. You know, to what extent will Masako-sama show up, uh, given that she has been not showing up for the last 20 years? Mm-hmm. A lot to look forward to. Emperor Akihito, the emperor of Japan, will abdicate his throne on April 30th, 2019. Between now and then, a lot of fanfare. Please stay tuned.